0: How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another podcast. It is another creepy podcast today, ladies and gentlemen, because it is still October. So let's begin our little creepy adventure. This story is called A Bad Night. You're making a mistake. I'm sorry you feel that way, Mr. Monhan. Our decision has been made, but. There's nothing more to be said. Your final check will be in the mail tomorrow. Molly and I thank you for your services. Click. Jack Monaghan sat behind the desk in the dingy room that served as his office, staring at the now silent receiver held in his hands as if willing the voice at the other end to come back. After a few moments, the phone started beeping, letting him know it was still off the hook. Jack rested a strong urge to bash the thing to pieces against his desk, and instead ever so carefully placed the receiver back on the cradle with a reserting click of its own. The sound echoed hollowly through the room, perfectly mirroring the empty feeling that had suddenly appeared in his gut. Damn it! he'd he been so close, his right hand almost out of his own accord, reached down to the drawer, where he kept a bottle of cheap bourbon, half empty and soon to be more so, and a glass that was only slightly dirty. <clears throat> he set the two next to each other on the desk, and after a moment's consideration, returned the glass to the drawer. He removed the top from the bottle and took a long, shallow, and slow-burning sensation. Traveling from his belly up to the base of his throat, drove the empty feeling back ever so slightly. Jack sighed, drunk drunk or no, either way, this was going to be a bad night. The case had been about kids. But for Jack, it had started with just one. Jo- uh, June Benson, 8-year-old daughter of Chase and Molly Benson, had gone missing after school one day about three weeks ago. The cops asked some questions at the school, filled some paperwork, and ultimately ruled her as a runaway. The Bensons weren't satisfied with that assignment and had hired Jack to follow up where the uniforms wouldn't. Jack agreed with them that something smelled off. A little digging showed the rabbit hole went down. A hoovla even deeper than June Basin. Carefully applying some financial lubrication, Jack got one of his old contacts into the department to spill the beans. There were a lot of kids that had been gone missing in the last two months. Almost three dozen all told, part of the reason for the general lack of panic was that most of the kids were low-income, if not outright homeless. On top of that, Jack contacts heavily hinted that they were pressured from a very long way up the food chain to keep a lid on the case and sweep each and every one of them under the rug. That thing that smelled off started to stink like a fish market. Jack hit the streets. He went to June school in the surrounding apartments, then found nothing. He rolled up his sleeves and waded into the scum on the other side of the city. He canvassed the halfway houses, the tent city under, Eastbrook Bridge, the lakeside slum where cops would only go in force. Everywhere he went, he asked the same questions. Has anyone seen anything? Does anyone know about these missing kids? For a week, he was disappointed until finally he got a bite. The informant was obviously a junkie and was even more obviously looking for a fix. But he said he'd been seeing something, namely two goons in suits, shoving a black bag over a young boy's head and throwing him into an unmarked van and sat outside a cracked house. The junkie had been flopping at. What's more and what earned him the 20 bucks in Jack's outstretched hand was he heard one of the goons say a name, Marks. Suddenly the pieces had begun falling into place. Gordon Marks was the owner of the pharmaceutical subsidiary that keep a production plant outside of town. It made it made a sick kind of sense that Marks might have decided to take the kids, unwittingly unpaid subjects for new drugs they were testing. And he was one of the only individuals with both enough political and monetary pull to keep the mirror office and police department on lockdown granted it was a long shot and june didn't fit the profile of the rest of the missing kids but jack had been desperate to find even the thinnest thread to follow the plant lay on a sprawling property outside the city limits where marks kept a. Where Marks kept a house that served as his primary residence when he was in town, Jack had been suppressingly su- uh, su- sh- staking the place out of for the last three days, and had been severely has been seen severely unmarked vans driven by pairs of suit wearing tough tuft- wearing tufts coming and going from the main entrance of the compound. He's planning on taking a closer look tonight, but then him but then out of the blue, he said things, but they wouldn't be needing him to keep looking into Judith's disappearance after all, end of discussion, and then it just stops there, guys, a bad night. It's a very mysterious, mysterious um, story, but that's it just ends there. So who knows what happened. But thank you guys so much for listening to my podcast, and I will see you in the next one.